episode of chin check coming straight at you this week we're looking at ufc san antonio the results of that um there's uh manny pacquiao his recent fight and week five of the contender series so um yeah let's start off with a little ufc San Antonio, Rafael de Sanos against Leon Rocky Edwards. So this Saturday we've just had UFC on ESPN4, which was um Rafael dos Santos against Leon Edwards. Um and this took place at the eight AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas. It wasn't a bad card, people. It wasn't a bad card at all. And we think so there was a lot of good fights um that just went the distance. So you know I mean there wasn't a whole heap of stoppages, but there were some really good intriguing like back and forth contest, which is always a good look. Um, I'm just going to talk about the last two fights on the main prelims. So we had um, Arena Aldana against Raquel Pennington. Uh, and this fight, Pennington got the win. But I have to say, I thought Aldana had, t- had took it. Now... Pennington, um, like, I think the perceived, uh, you know, reaction was that Pennington had a really strong third round. But when you actually look at the third round, now, she had, you know, I think to people that don't know jiu-jitsu, yes, she had top position. But the thing was, Aldana was able, like, there was, uh, you know, Pennington took Aldana down. But then Aldana was able to maneuver to leg locks and put herself in positions where she wasn't even taking any damage. So there was a, uh, there was a couple of positions where, where Pennington was throwing shots but she was throwing shots backwards. So there was no real power in the shot. Now, they're ir- don't get me wrong. They're irritating to take. But you're not getting knocked out. You know what I mean? You're not getting any damage at all, really. It's just irritating. So there was a lot of this. But Aldana was attacking all the time from those positions. So I wouldn't say, so you might go, okay, we'll give Pennington that round. Wasn't a dominating perfor- performance in the third round. And for the first two rounds, 
I'd say Aldana outstruck Pennington. You know, the first round was a little bit, was probably the closest of the first two. But Aldana still took the first round. And the second round definitely took that, controlled it, used her reach, used her sharp, you know, one-twos and movement. So I did think it was, um, yeah, a, a bit of a strange one that Pennington took that. The last fight of the prelims was Alex Leroy um, Cazares against Stephen Ucha Pettersson. Um, I don't know what Ucha means. Everyone, like the, all the commentators are talking, like, yeah, it's obvious. Have no clue. I think I'm out the loop or something. But the thing about this, so this fight went the distance. But when um, at the end of the first round, Caceres was talking with, um, you know, he, he's corner team. And he's like, I've broken my right hand. I think it was the right. No, actually, I think it was the left. So he broke his Well, either way, he broke his hand. For him to then fight the next two rounds and win, I thought that was a really gutsy and good performance. Because I think the main thing was he still threw the broken hand. He didn't throw it as much, but he threw it so Pedersen wasn't under the impression there was an issue. But the big thing was, was Caceres' movement. You know, he had great movement. He was able to keep distance with his jab. And any time Pedersen pressured him, he just kind of, Caceres just sidestepped away. You know, ducked under a strike, sidestepped. Then he was back in space. It it was a great performance. And the one time he got taken down, he got straight back up. So I think Alex Cazares put on a really good performance, especially after being choked out pretty much straight away by Crone Gracie. So yeah, this was a really good performance from um, Cazares. So I wonder how long he's going to be out now with the broken hand. Uh, so next, we, um, we're we now on the main card. And um, so we started off with a rematch between Andre Oloski and Ben Rothwell. Now, Oloski won the first fight. And um, yeah, I, I think it was 11 years ago. Um, and Oloski, yeah, Oloski won the first fight. And I think when you've watched Oloski in this last um, tenure in the UFC, he's been fighting really well. But what you notice, he he's more evasive now. He doesn't really stand and engage a lot. You know what I mean? There's no, like long combinations thrown or anything like that it's it's more about movement these days with Oloski in this fight 
I have no clue what happened because Orlowski was just on a tear. He stood, he engaged, and he threw Leber. He he put together huge combinations and just landed. Just all everyone landing on Rothwell. It was crazy. It kind of reminded you of Orlowski in his first run in the UFC. Because he looked really sharp. Really sharp. The only real difference was he didn't really go for takedowns. Didn't really go for takedowns. He threw some um, leg strikes, some kicks, but not a whole deal. This was mainly on his feet, throwing just heavy combinations. When you saw Rothwell's face, oh my God. It was crazy. And that you know, even though he was throwing heavy, throwing these big combinations, he showed a lot of patience because I think there was a good few times where it did look like he had rocked Rothwell, but he didn't charge in. He didn't charge in. He stayed back. He was patient, which is the big thing because even though like Rothwell got touched up, touched up hard, he was still throwing heavy punches all the way through the fight. So I think it was good Orlowski stayed back because if he had gone in, I mean, I think everyone remembers his um, fight in affliction against Fedor, where he was winning that fight, rushed in, through that weird, I don't know if you call it a flying knee, it was just a weird knee, and then got knocked out. So, you know what I mean? Oloski has clearly grown, and this move to um, American top team, whoa. You know what I mean? You don't often see someone move teams and have this drastic change. Yeah. If Oloski fights like this going forward, man, people are going to be in trouble. Real trouble because he really put the pressure on. And in that third round, you could see how tired he had gotten. But he was still able to put forth a good defense. He was still able to slip Rothwell's punches and, um, yeah, come through the round for the win. It was a great performance from Orlowski. A really good one. Uh, and it was a big contrast to the next fight. So next we had Alex Alexander Hermendez, hometown fighter, against Francisco Trinaldo. And um, that, it was a weird fight. It was a really weird fight because, um, man, when you looked at it, it was like um, Trinaldo, he was huge. He was huge. It was crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, 
he he really looked so much bigger than Hernandez. So much bigger. So I wonder what he what he was actually weighing when he was in the octagon, you know. Um, but the 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 thing about this is they were both counter. They both wanted to be counter fighters. So no one wanted to engage. Now this wasn't as bad as um, Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis. But it wasn't great. It really wasn't great. Neither fighter wanted to engage. Um, and you had, like, Trinaldo would, like, wave Hernandez in. And then throw up his arms, like, oh, he's not engaging. But, you know what I mean? You kind of feel like, well, no. He, like, you know, you can't expect Hernandez to charge in. And on the flip, Trinaldo wasn't going in on Hernandez. So, it, it, you know what I mean? The, the, I get, I get, the, the person doing the most was Hernandez. Like, throwing a few leg kicks. A few jabs. But, yeah. Not much happened. Not much at all happened in this fight. So, Hernandez took the decision um yeah he, he took the decision the weird thing was you had um Trinaldo pissed like properly pissed at the end of this fight like his corner didn't want to win you know shake Hernandez's hand it was just it was messy and you're just like, you can't be that irritated because you weren't engaging either. If if you were coming forward all the time and Hernandez was running away, yeah, 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 you could understand. But that wasn't the case. Both were extremely hesitant. Neither really came forward. So it's a bit, it was what it was. And that was just not great, <laughs> it wasn't pretty, it was just a bit, Uh so, but the next fight, the next fight you knew was going to be promising, you knew there was going to be some sort of fireworks, something was going to go down, because we had James Vick and Dan Hooker, so it was still at lightweight, still 155, um, but both fighters are coming off losses. Both fighters coming off losses. Vic off a knockout with um, Paul Felder. And Dan Hooker just a, a battering from Edson Barboza. So, yeah, it was like, oh, this will be fun. The one thing that was concerning about this fight, so, you know, they show, like, interviews with the fighters, and some other footage all cut together, in the build-up to the fight, right, so you had both fighters talking about past experiences, and what they'd learned from their last, you know, visit to the octagon, 
and what's like coming off of coming off losses. And Vic was like, look, I'm not going to doubt myself, which you were like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's fine. But he was just like, yeah, I don't really have anything to change. I put on great performances in my last fights. It was just flukes that happened. I'm still, I'm still a top rated fighter. So all I, all I'm doing is what I did before. And it'd be like, oh, that's not good. That's not good. Because the big thing is, Vic is a talented fighter, but he fights so upright. His chin is just there. And because he's so tall, he, he, he it's like he has the attitude of he can back up without really bringing his guard up. There's not many people will be able to reach his chin. So, you know, I think in the last couple of fights, fighting first like Gaethje, who just came forward and just threw, you know, and he got caught. And then Felder, who isn't short, so he's fighting someone who is of like not quite his height, but he's getting close. Chin was there to get checked. Ha <laughs> ha. So. Yes, that was a concern going into this fight. Um, but yeah, he had that home fighter confidence going in, you know. So it started off both were engaging, which was which was good. So it's like, okay, it's not going to be a stinker like the last one. So both fighters were engaging. Oh, and then Hooker. Hooker just seemed to step the tempo up. Step the tempo up and step up his um his movements because his corner shouted out, throw some feints, and that's what Hooker did. It looked like he was gonna throw the right. That was a feint. Vic bought the feint, so he moved to the left. His right hand went up. His left hand was down. Hooker changed, landed with the left, just landed with a, a left uh, overhand hook type thing, square on Vic's chin. Vic went down hard, and then Hooker landed, I think it was just one, just one punch while Vic was on the ground, and that was all she wrote. Vic just went st- Diff, god damn it, man! It was like whoa, whoa, and that was the problem, man. That was the big concern because Vic, yeah, he he fights too upright. He fights too upright. He backs off with his guard down and his chin in the air. It's what lost him his last two fights. And that's what lost him this fight. And he re- he needs to work on it. I don't understand why he's not working on this thing. Like, if it wasn't for that, he'd be doing fine. He's got, you know, he, he, he throws some good combinations. He's got the reach. He's got good... He's amazing reach on his legs, so he can throw great kicks and stuff. 
which you know you'd think with all of these attributes Vic should be in the top five you know he should be killing it but his defense is sloppy his chin's in the air and um yeah it, it it's not good for him it's not good he's been knocked out in his last three fights and they weren't nice knockouts so you kind of feel that hey i don't know if Vic is gonna be the same fighter anymore after three vicious knockouts right so you you gotta wonder firstly about his chin going forward you've got to wonder about that and you've got to wonder about just him mentally because trying to come back after three vicious knockouts that's got to be tough on the confidence got to be tough on the confidence and you wonder in his next fight how is he going to be? Because look, we've seen Alexander Hernandez, who is clearly hesitant going forward. So if Vic is hesitant in his next fight because he doesn't want to get knocked out again and it's a stinker, that will that would be his fourth loss in a row and he could possibly get cut. You know? Like on a health on a health level like i don't know i don't know like technically like at the earliest i'd say vic should the earliest fight would be december i think he needs to take a good break and just rest because yeah can't be good for the head man can't be good for the head but yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see, right? So next fight was one Adams against Greg Hardy. Now Adams had been calling for this fight. Um I think mainly because of Hardy's past. Uh Hardy's been up for the fight. They've both had the, you know, I mean, this would be their both of their third fights in the UFC, so it's a good one. You know what I mean? Like the the um, you know, I think the career path has been very similar, experience level very similar. So going in, you're just like, yeah, this is a this isn't a bad fight, but you kind of thought, oh, Adams might have the slight edge because he I think it's like he had better takedowns um he could knock you out so I I think Hardy has the better knockout power but Adams could knock you out too he's got knockout power plus the takedowns you know what I mean you think maybe slight edge so um yeah this wasn't a this wasn't a long fight man they both exchanged so they both exchanged on the feet and you kind of it looks like 
Adams did stun Hardy. It looked like he stung him with a jab. Problem was, Adams then threw another combination and went for a takedown, which is fine. This is fine. But the takedown kind of failed. Takedown failed. And hard and Adams kind of went down, and he's on his side, on his side. So he's got no leverage at all, but he's still holding onto the leg, still holding onto the leg. Made no sense because his head's just out there. His head is out there, waiting to get hit, and that's what happened. You know what I mean? Hardy started to hammer fist to side of the head. Adams eventually got to his knees. But you just felt it's too late now. Because he's on his knees. He's not doing anything though. He's not pushing forward to try and finish the takedown. He's not trying to extricate himself. He's not trying to transition to anything else. He's just on his knees. Letting Hardy just have his way with him, you know what I mean, Hardy is smacking the shit out of Adams, and Adams is just turtled up, I don't know how many punches he took, but it was over 10, it felt like it was over 10 unanswered punches, and the thing was, it's just like, when we look at previous fights, like last week, you know, there was a few fights that you thought could have gone longer. The Aspen Lad fight. Um, oh, there was another fight that kind of could have gone longer. The the Bectic fight, and I mean, some people were saying the Simone Faber fight could have gone longer, but I think everyone felt that Faber was clearly just going to pound him out. But this fight, whoa. Hardy Adams, yeah, that was done. I think the referee could have dealt. You know, he could have dealt with that sooner. Biz Adams, he was. He had nothing. He had absolutely nothing. He was clearly stung, clearly stung, which then was just weird because when the referee stopped the fight, Adams like eventually got up. And then was just going off at the referee. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't know why you stopped the fight. It was early. You should have let me, you know what I mean, carry on. But he wasn't doing anything. It was just crazy. It was just like, how can you kick up such a stink when you are doing nothing? Absolutely nothing. It was it was just crazy. So the referee did the right thing to stop that fight. Adam Adams, hey, you know what I mean? You you need to work on your fight IQ, son. That was clearly hardy. Um yeah. I could do without Hardy's weird weird antics after fights though. Because he, he tries to put on, like, this whole mean mug, like, thing, like, licking his hands and all of this kind of stuff. And it's just, like, it doesn't make you look 
tough. It just makes you look odd. Yeah, it just makes him look odd. He, 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 yeah, he could definitely stop doing that. But it was a it was a good performance. It was a very good performance, especially the fact that he was able to just squash the takedown defense. So that will. I think that will make other people really take a note in the next fight. So, next up was the co-main event, um, which was Alexi Olnick against Walt Harris. So, um, hey, I have to say, Walt Harris in his last fight really looked like the Walt Harris that we been waiting for you know he he just showed a lot of energy a lot of determination and he threw like hell so this was gonna be an interesting one because could Olenek get hands on Harris get him down and throw some sort of submission on him that was the big question um, but unfortunately, we did not get an opportunity to see Biz, yo, I think the, the thing is, Olenek is kind of plodding, he's kind of plodding and slow, and, and he has this quirky style, which is always the odd thing, because it's just like, he's winning fights, on paper you think, no, he won't win that fight, he manages to get hands on people. But in this fight, with this new look, Walt Harris, that we've been seeing, he doesn't give people the opportunity. He's on you straight away, throwing fast hands. And that was the thing. He threw fast hands and just connected to Olenek's jaw and Olenek went down so hard so goddamn hard like at first you when the punch was first thrown you were wondered if you know what I mean? you thought he was just dazed he went down Harris then landed I think two punches on the side of his head and the referee just jumped in and stopped that fight. When you saw it in slow motion, yo, I think Olenek was out with that first punch. I think he was out with the first punch. It was brutal, man. Brutal. And 12 seconds. It was fast as heck, man. Fast as heck. Whoa. And so this was crazy, man. You know what I mean? All the other fights on this card had gone the distance, but then we suddenly get three fights. Three fights that are just fast-ass knockouts. You know what I mean? Hooker in just over two minutes. Then Greg Hardy in 45 seconds. And then Walt Harris in 12 seconds. And these, oh man, these really got the crowd going. Now, the crowd was good. They respect, like, the fights before, they, they understood what good fights they had seen. But these fast knockouts, whoa. You know what I mean? 
they they gave that energy to the crowd man so then everyone was up for the main event which is Rafael dos santos against leon rocky edwards and um edwards was on a i think 11 fight win streak uh, Dos Anjos was coming off a really good um, win in his last fight, choking out Kevin Lee. You know what I mean? So it was just like, ooh, this one is for all the marbles. You know what I mean? This one was a big one because it was really going to position the winner for something good in the next fight in the World Weight division. And you, like, the, I think the big thing with this was, can um, Tosanios utilize his jiu-jitsu? Because I think both were good on their feet, but you, you, you've, we've seen Tosanios on his, you know what I mean, on the ground. And he's really good on the bloody ground. So it was just like, oh, that's the advantage can he utilize that advantage? But the crazy thing was, straight out the gates, Edward took us Dasanyas down. Took him down. He didn't really land anything on the ground, but he controlled it and he just made Dasanyas carry his weight. So I mean that was the big thing. He didn't really and it like throughout the fight. He got Dos Anjos down, I think, like, uh, at least two more times. And both of those times, like, he didn't really throw a lot of damaging blow. Blah, not many damaging blows from top position. But it was more about controlling the fight and weighing down. You know what I mean? Just trying to drain Dos Anjos. I think that was the big thing. But but you did, like, I think before that point, though, before um, he got Dasonius down, Dasonius was chopping up Edward's leg. So you thought, oh, fuck. You mean, I think, yeah, I don't think this is going the distance. And I think Dasonius is going to take it because he was hitting Edward's leg and you could noticeably see when it really started to hurt Edwards. So you were just like, oh shit. Yo, I Edwards is fucked. Then Edwards takes him down. And he's weighing down on him. He's like controlling it. Draining that energy. And then from that point onwards, it was... Such a masterful display from Edwards. It was crazy because the beginning of the fight, you didn't think Edwards seemed to be there. He's letting his leg get chewed up. So you're just like, what the fuck, son? Why are you letting your leg get chewed up like this? You know what I mean? His leg's getting chewed the fuck up. And you're like, damn. So you had that. But... Yeah, like, Edwards was, like, doing just great footwork. Great footwork to stay away from anything that Dasanios really threw. 
and and the crazy thing was he was standing in range to Dosanyas. So they were standing in striking range of each other. But Dosanyas couldn't land on, on Edwards. He was just sidestepping, just, you know, slipping everything so skillfully. And he'd throw these vicious left elbows, which landed virtually every single time. Just cracking him on the chin. Oh, man. And he one elbow just really cut Dasonius under the eye. And you're just like, oh, fuck. And, um, yeah, he, he was landing these elbows. He was just evasive on his feet. And when Dasonius was trying to mount an offense... Edwards was just grab him, pin him up against the fence, and just pressure him. Wasn't really throwing anything. He would just pressure Dosanios against the fence, hold him, weigh him down, just train him of his energy. And then, when they separated, he'd land an elbow. I, I don't think anyone saw this coming and especially the fact that Edwards had the clear speed advantage you know he he was really just throwing great hands on Dosanios just really fast really sharp and I, I don't think he lost a round like, I think there was, you thought he might be losing the first, I think the fifth round. Then he landed a takedown and just then controlled. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if Edwards lost a round. He just, he was just a step ahead all the way through. Which was so shocking with, like, Dasanios's performance against Lee. When you saw him in that performance, you're just like, shit, Dasanyas, man. He's back, right? He's back. But yeah, in this fight, it was all Edwards. It was all Edwards. So yeah, really set him up well. Uh, and then after the fight, when Anuk was interviewing him, he was just like, yeah, he wanted Masvidal. He wanted that weasel Masvidal. His words, not mine. Um, yeah, like, didn't call for the title. He just called for Masvidal. And then he's just like, look, if I can't get him, yo, give me the rematch against Usman. But you could tell the fight he really wanted. Hey, it's Masvidal, man. Gotta respect that, right? Gotta respect that, you know what I mean? But yeah, this was a good card. This was a real good card. Enjoyed these fights. A lot of action. You know what I mean? Like, as I said, look, only three knockouts. But, man, the action was great. And people, yo, it is all about next week. All about next week. Because next week, people, it's UFC 240. 
Yep, that's right. Coming from Roger's place. So, uh, yeah, it's that Canada card, baby. And um, it's headlined Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar. Yes. Woo! God damn it. For the featherweight title, this is going to be a fun one. Then, co-main event, Chris Seiberg against Felice Spencer. Kind of feel it's probably going to be Cyborg taking that one. But the rest of the card, really good as well. Jeff Neal, Nico Price. Olivia Auburn mercier against Armand Tuskerkukian. Um, and Marc-Andre Bernot against Christophe Jocto. So, yo, that's a good main card, right? Good main card. Some really good fights on the rest of it as well. So, hey, really looking forward to it. Gillian Robertson is fighting on this card. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing that. And, um, yeah. So that's Saturday 27th, UFC 240, we'll be back with that next week, so um, hey, check us then, alright people, peace. Well, I have to say, as a kid, like growing up man, I used to watch so much boxing, I mean... Yo, one of the craziest fights I've watched that will never get played again because of what happened afterwards was Nigel Benn against Gerald McKellen. That fight was insane. Because in the first round, Ben nearly gets knocked out. You know what I think at one point he's halfway through the rope. Halfway through the ropes, it looked like he was going to come down on the friggin' announcer's table. And then he comes back and knocks out McKellen so bad. So bad. You know, that like, he's, he was just down in the ring. And, like, at first you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, so he's knocked out. And then you realise, oh, shit, something ain't right. I think he got up and then collapsed again backstage. But yeah, that that wasn't... I mean, it was a great fight. But yeah, the aftermath, not good. Not good at all, man. But um, yeah, I used to watch it all the time. And I don't know. I, I think, like, it was just getting to that point when people were avoiding each other. And it was just, just all getting a bit crazy. But, people, but, this weekend, we had Manny Pacquiao against Keith Furman. So, I was like, you know what? I'll check that shit out. Um, I mean, mainly because I heard the result. And I was just like, yo, what the fuck? Need to check this shit. So, um, yeah, so it took place on July 20th at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in, uh, you know, Vegas. 
Um, so Pacquiao or Pac-Man, yeah, very inventive with the nickname, is the WBA welterweight champion. 61, 7 and 2 record with 39 knockouts. You know what I mean? It's just like, what? Keith Furman, nickname one time. I'm like, what? I, 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 she's like, what's the nickname? I don't get the nickname. The nickname is not good. That is a rubbish nickname. Like, I don't know if his girl gave it to him. You know what I mean? It's just not a good nickname. You know what I mean? But um, Furman is the WBA super welterweight champion. Um, and he's record 29 and 0 with 22 knockouts. So this was like, you know what I mean? On paper, this was a great fight. You kind of felt that Furman had the better KO percentage, right? He had the better KO percentage, but, but, Pacquiao, Pacquiao, man, you mean 70 fights, and that's pro fights, it's not even talking about amateur, but that's 70 pro fights, 161 of them, that's insane, insane, but Pacquiao was 40, you know, he's 40, so you're just like, ah, is, is he still gonna have it, like, maybe he's lost a step, like, what's gonna happen here, can he, you know what I mean, find his old form against this young killer, well, you know what I mean, this, this was kind of like, Uriah Faber, Ricky Simone, it was crazy, so in the first round, I have to say, Furman didn't start badly, didn't start badly at all, it, it, you know, the first little bit was a kind of feel-out process, and then Furman starts landing some good punches, like, you know, he's, he's throwing his jab out there, but I think it was maybe a minute left in the first, Pacquiao just kind of blitzes forward, now Furman, like, he, he, you could see him backing up, but he, he did, doesn't bring his guard up when he backs up, so he backed up, didn't bring his guard up, and Pacquiao clipped him on the chin, Furman goes down, so, yeah, you know what I mean, so straight away, Pacquiao's taking that first round, taking the first round, and, like, you, you, you could see that Furman wasn't hurt, you know, I, it was kind of, I feel it was probably a situation where he's backing up, Pacquiao's rushing him, he threw the punch, and he's kind of trying to avoid it, and he's, like, tripped up on his own kind of feet when he went down, but, he went down, you know, so what, I think in boxing, that's straight away a 10-8 round, I 
think. I don't know. But, um, yeah. Then, after that, yo, Pacquiao was just on fire. Now, Furman's throwing, but Pacquiao is swarming him and just throwing in bunches, throwing in bunches, and then slipping off to the side. It, it, it was a really good performance. Now, if, if, if any of you saw the way um, Orlowski fought against Rothwell, it was a very similar thing. He was throwing punches, fast combinations, moving forward, then slipping off to the side. You know what I mean? Just, just avoiding what was coming back. And that was all Pacquiao for the first what, six rounds. The first six rounds, Pacquiao is all over Furman. Furman just looked a little lost. And, yeah, it was just, it was very strange. In the seventh round, Furman came out a lot more focused, I'd say, he came out a lot more focused, was landing more, was landing a lot more on Pacquiao, so he was also making Pacquiao miss, he was able to do that in the seventh round, so Pacquiao is missing, he's firm and he's landing, so I would give, that. that's his first round, that's Furman's first round in my opinion, the eighth round is close, but then the ninth round, Pacquiao, Pacquiao kind of took the ninth. It's like he was hitting Furman to the stomach, and at one point you really saw Furman kind of visibly wince. So yeah, it, it, you know that kind of sp seemed to spur Pacquiao on again, and um. So I'd say Pacquiao definitely took the the ninth, the tenth. Ink Furman started to come back in the eleventh, but then I don't know. He seemed to lose a bit of steam halfway through, which gave the round back to Pacquiao, and then Pacquiao came on strong again. And I think the same in the the twelfth. Like Furman started okay. But then Pacquiao just kind of took control. Just took control. So I didn't get the split decision. I didn't understand this split decision. Because. Like. Furman took the seventh round. And he may have taken the eighth. But that really was it. He didn't really have anything else. This was. A really good performance from Pacquiao. I know, like in in some of his recent fights, it's been a bit. He seemed a bit flat, but in this, god damn it, he seemed to just be re-energized. And um, yeah, he 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 really took it to the younger fighter. Like, really, if you kind of looked at this, you'd think Pacquiao's the younger one, Furman was the older one. Because Pacquiao seemed to have more energy, more focus, more drive. Furman was the one who looked like he was gassed. 
looked like he, he, you know what I mean? He just couldn't find his range. He didn't seem to be focused the full round. It, it was, yeah. So Pacquiao wins and is now the WBA welterweight and WBA super welterweight champion. That's not bad at all, right? Not bad at all. Man, it was a good fight. It was definitely a good fight. Okay, so it's week five of Dana White's Contender Series. Halfway through the 10-week season. And another week of some really good fights. So, um... It was. It was. There was two really interesting fights, and I think that they um, they did well to inform young fighters on how to approach things. So one was the first fight, which was Billy Quarantillo against Kamala Kirk. And then there was the third fight, which was J.J. Okvenovich against Christian Lawson. All right, so we'll we'll hit the first fight first, okay? So that was um, Quantillo against Kirk. Now, Kirk came out. Kirk came out like a friggin' dervish. You know, he was all over Quantillo. He took him down. He was just landing punches. There's some ground and pound. From the performance in the first round and the way Kirk dominated it, you, you just figured, hey, this is, this is ending soon. And Kirk is getting himself a contract. Because he looked unstoppable. You know. The problem was. Like. Was at the start of the second round. Kirk looked physically tired. Physically tired. Which. You know. You can understand. With the amount of takedowns. And Everything that he was like really pushing on Quintillo, um, and so yeah, it, it was like um from that Quintillo just he he really you know just was able to stamp authority on the fight. He started off just landing with his jab because you know Kirk had slowed right down but then he was landing a lot to the body so he was landing some kicks punches like all to the body which you could see was was physically affecting Kirk and um in the end like where Kirk was just getting slower and slower Quintillo was just pouring it on and um, the ref had to, uh, yeah, had to stop the fight. But um, it was, yeah, a really good, 
a, a really good stoppage was, I mean, yeah, Quintillo took the second round. And at the start of the third round, it was just, it, it, it just looked like, it, I think it was just too much for Kirk. He just couldn't look like, it, it's like he didn't go down, but he just didn't have anything left in the tank. Didn't have anything left. And um, the third fight between JJ Okanovic and Christian Lozen. This was a similar affair. Now, Lozen, like, took JJ down and just controlled him. Controlled him, had the, uh, had a, uh, a leg lock around, um, around his waist. So, um, you know, it, it, he, he was constricting JJ's breathing. And stopping him from being able to move or do anything. Which, yeah, you could you could see was an issue. And it was weird because JJ didn't look like he knew how to get out of it. Um, and, yeah, so... He, it seemed like he was stuck. It seemed like he was stuck. Uh, you know, didn't know what to do. But come the the second round, lotion. It, he's just his legs looked so heavy, like he just couldn't move. He couldn't move, and it allowed JJ to just take control of the fight just take control and and you know where the first round it made it look like again that Lotion was probably going to take this and probably take it quite easily yeah it, it it ended with JJ just dominating for the next two rounds and I think those two fights show, hey, listen, you have to pace yourself. You have to pace yourself. And, you know, you can you can take someone down, you can be controlling it. But understand, look, if, if it doesn't look like you're getting the submission, don't drain yourself. Don't drain yourself. Don't wear out your legs. Don't wear out your arms. Because... Hey, if they're not going in that first round, there's going to be another round. So you need to make sure that you're not compromising yourself, like, for the later rounds. And, um, yeah, the, 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 yeah, both fighters winning their first round, but not understanding that point. So come the second round, they had nothing left nothing left so yeah like it was good wins for JJ good wins for Quintolo uh so the second fight of the day was Jamala Hill v Alexander Popek so the fight started and they were kind of feeling each other out for a little while and then Hill I think Hill probably just like took the first round 
he he seemed to be throwing more towards the end. Second round started, and now Hill has his range, and it it's like he had the range, and it's like he had like taken note of of what Pop Pop had, and realised yeah he didn't have what it took because. Hill just dominated that second round. It was like he he because in the first round it was mainly strikes. Second round he did everything. He was throwing kicks, he was throwing like jabs, hooks, like to the to the head, to the body, knees to the body, he was clinching controlling just holding him down and just you know controlling him draining him moving him around just not giving Popek any opportunity to reset himself and uh kind of change his game plan just heel took control of that second round and when he realized that the knees to the body were, um, you know, having an adverse effect on Popek, yo, he just went crazy with them, just landing knee after knee after knee. Like Popek crumpled to the floor, heel got on top. And then just landed some vicious ground and pound with elbows. Oh man, it was probably about five hard elbows. And the referee jumped in and saved Popek from taking any more damage. Because it was pretty nasty. It wasn't great. You know what I mean? It's kind of vicious. Um, so the uh, penultimate fight. Of the evening was Sean Woodson against Terence McKinney. Now, Woodson was the taller fighter and it looked like he had sharp hands, but McKinney, yo, it, McKinney was able to get in close in that first round and take him down. So he took him down and then he just controlled him. Controlled him because he, he had it, he was able to get the back and like he he was just trying to throw in submissions, you know, trying you know try and get that choke. Like Woodson was able to avoid being choked, but it wasn't a good look for him, you know, because he was just controlled the whole round, controlled the whole round, and and you you felt he didn't really know. Like, he was trying to fight the hands, but he was never trying to fight the body lock. Um, so, that was a problem. So, the second round started. Well, in the, but in the corner, Woodson's corner said, look, you have to fight the, um, the leg. You have to, you know, maneuver the leg so you can get out of that body lock. So, second round started. Wo- McKinney took Woodson down again. Was controlling it, was controlling it, trying to get that, um, yeah, get that choking. There's a few head cranks, but nothing, nothing too serious. 
you know, then Woodson's corner shouted out, you know, work the leg, work the leg. He was, he did it and was able to get up. Now, one thing that you, you, you have to always be cautious of, and I think we've seen it in recent weeks, you can't just throw your head down to to get a takedown you you can't telegraph these things because if you do you're gonna eat a knee and that's exactly what happened to McKinney because like McKinney realized he was winning the fight on the ground and so as Woodson was coming in McKinney just lowered his head for the takedown problem was Woodson wasn't even in range when McKinney lowered his head. So he just offered up a perfect target for the knee. And as soon as he lowered his head, Woodson was like, okay, I'll take that. And just landed the cleanest knee to McKinney's head. And McKinney was out cold. Woodson got the walk-off knockout, and yeah, he had to feel relieved, because he was clearly losing that fight up to that point, so yeah, it it was a good look, plus, Woodson took the fight on five days notice, so you could tell he was ecstatic. Now, the last fight of the evening was Ramazan, uh, Korgomedov against Jordan Williams. Now, Williams was on the contender season last year. He um, won his fight, but he didn't get the contract. Now, this, god damn it, this went the full three rounds and it was a, a, a phone booth war. They were standing in front of each other and they were throwing. Now, in the first round, Williams landed on Ramazan, and um, you could see that he did rock him. He did rock him. But Ramazan is a tough Dagestani, and yeah, didn't phase him. He he came back, and they were just throwing. Second round started, and Ramazan was, um, yeah, coming back on Williams, you know, they were basically standing in front of each other, standing in front of each other and just throwing, just throwing. And I think the thing is, Williams has type 1 diabetes. He doesn't cut weight. And I really felt that that was the reason he was able to stand in front of um, Ramazan because his chin was and, and his system wasn't depleted by any, you know, weight cutting or anything like that, I think that meant he was able to really take the shots, because he ate some fierce shots and a flying knee, you know what I mean, but he just kept on coming back, so at that point you felt it was probably one round each, so now they're going into the third round, and both fighters they don't seem faced. They're just, again, they're throwing just everything at each other. 
it was crazy. It, it was insane. You know what I mean? Like, neither was taking a step back. They were taking shots and just kept on coming forward. And I, you, you kind of felt Williams again really hurt Ramazan. Really hurt him. But Ramazan, you know, tough as nails, didn't flinch. And this one went to a decision. You know what I mean? Um, Ramazan took a split took a split one um which is interesting but i i don't think you could argue either way because it was so close so close you might say that williams probably should have taken it because he rocked him in the first and the third but it it was you know what i mean it it, it was by a shoestring I don't know. I don't need an expression. But it was tight. It was very tight. Um, so this week, um, Quintillo got the contract, Hill got the contract, and Woodson got the contract. So, um, yeah, it was another good week of fights. Um, yeah, five more weeks to go. Goddamn Tuesdays are good. Okay, people. So, um, yeah, next week we've got UFC 240. Max Holloway against Frankie Edgar. So, um, yeah, we'll be bringing you that one for sure. Um, there's been a few things happening. You know what I mean? Um... Justin Gaethje is gonna be fighting Donald Cerrone in um, Canada, so you know that is gonna be a ridiculous fight. I kind of feel if Cowboy can keep Gaethje at range for the beginning of the fight, he will take it. Because you know what I mean. Cerrone's got great jiu-jitsu and he does seem to be more durable now so I think he will be able to keep Gaethje at bay and then take him out via punches or um, get him with uh, jiu-jitsu on the ground Cerrone's got good head kicks you know what I mean? And I think um, Gaethje is susceptible to all of that. Um, yeah, what else? So, Chris Weidman is finally got his opponent for his 205 debut. Dominic Reyes. Now, that's an interesting one. Because I had thought that um, Dominic Reyes could be... The next challenger for John Jones in um, either at Madison in November or uh, at maybe the end of year card in December. So because you know I mean Tiago Salva, Tiago Santos is going to be out until sometime next year with double knee surgery. So um, yeah, when you kind of break down the division. Dominic Reyes was kind of the next challenger. So, I'm kind of thinking 
if it's not going to be that, then possibly Jones will be set up for the winner of Cormier Stipe. You know what I mean? That, that could be it. But who knows, right? Um, who else, man? Yeah, there's there's been um, some good ones. Okay, so James Vick is definitely moving up to welterweight, which just makes sense because he has been very chinny of late and um, he's so big, so big for the weight. So you kind of feel, you know what I mean, like a move up was like the, the, the most logical thing for him to do, you know? Um, yeah, they, they, they didn't really seem like there was anything left for him to do. So, um, you know, that should be interesting. Um... Okay, so Nick Newell has signed a contract to um, fight in Bellator. It's only a one-fight contract, but that's not bad. You know, he, he he's finally made it to a um, a big um, a big promotion. So uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I guess you know. It's probably under the advisor. If he wins, he gets another fight. If he loses, then that will probably be it. And I imagine he will retire. Because, you know what I mean? He's kind of, you know, he's won in um, World Series and all of that. So, um, yeah, there's not really much else. Not really much else for him to do, right? Um, And... So something that I saw that was sounds really interesting. So, um, the Can- Canadian promotion TKO is introducing three new weight classes. So, what the deal is, they are going to be having um, an 165 division, 175 division, and 195 division. So the the old 170 welterweight will be done with, um, and with that they're going to be introducing um, a new in weighing protocol. So and this will be from the first of November that all of this comes into play. So fighters will weigh in 48 hours prior to their bout. Then they'll weigh in the day before as normal. And then they're going to weigh in the, in the afternoon of fight day. So what the, um, and the, you know, the, the idea is in the first and third weigh-ins, um, fighters must be nine pounds like within nine pounds of their contracted weight class. So, um, yeah, if if they're not, there will be a fifteen percent fine from their fight purse. And then the um, traditional weigh-in, you know, they must meet their weight. 
otherwise they'll face a 20% fine. So, um, I mean, this is interesting. I, I, I think this is a good idea. And it will, I think it will be a good, um, a good test subject for other promotions. You know, I imagine if this works, we'll see other organizations adapting a, a similar thing, you know. But yeah, we'll have to wait until November. And people, that is us for another episode. So, um, yeah, see you next week with um, all that UFC 240 talk. Peace.